Up now is News Talks, our news commentary and analysis discussion to bring you the latest news affecting young people in Australia. Today we're talking about the Victorian Liberal Leadership Spill and what this means for the next state election. Viet Bui is the executive producer of Sins Represent, a weekly show covering the Australian politics. Welcome Viet, thanks for coming on to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me as well. It's always nice to go on to uh, um, your show to talk a, a, a bit of news, a bit of sea change away from my own <laughs> show, so why not? Thanks for coming on, Viet. Uh, we have a new Victorian Liberal leader, kind of. Uh, what does this mean for the party? Oh, it's an interesting time for the party. And I must say, when I was invited onto this show, I, I thought we were talking with Matthew Guy. I was expecting a lobster dinner, you know, and some wine as well. But, you know, I'm a little bit disappointed. So it turns out we're talking about Matthew Guy. So at least I got the memo now. Um, yeah, it is interesting in terms of the Liberal Party um, because um, there always has been some rumblings inside the, the Victorian Liberal Party to change leaders. So originally their leader was uh, uh, Michael O'Brien, um, but there was a lot of angst, let's say, in the uh, in the uh, party room um, because there a lot of backbenchers particularly, but also some frontbenchers, it must be said, um, were not appreciative of um, Michael O'Brien's efforts or lack of efforts to cut through with the electorate. Um, so they saw that to revive their electoral um, chances, they decided, hey, why not go with a new man, which turns out is the old man, apparently. And uh, has he made any big challenges to the Dan Andrews government? Um, so it is interesting. Um, if we wind ourselves back to this time last year, when we were in our second wave here in Victoria, out of how many waves? seven by now, um, you know, our, sorry, our seventh lockdown, I should say now. Um, Matthew Guy in that second wave, he got fired up in state parliament. He was simply a backbencher um, and he was in a parliament um, that was debating the powers of the chief health officer and more specifically to extend the, the, the uh, state of emergency laws that were granted, that granted power to our uh, chief health officer, Professor Brett Sutton. And so he really got fired up into that parliament. And um, he, you know, I quote him saying that he's, he shouted that this state is on its knees and the morons we've got in this government blame everyone else um, whilst shouting across the chamber. And that was, I think, the, the genesis of um, this sort of instability. They had Michael O'Brien, which was pretty subdued. You know, he's a mild-mannered man. And he kept on, you know, he opposed the government in his own way. He'd always questioned the government, criticised the government, but he didn't have that passion, that power that Matthew Guy had. So wind ourselves up to the present day. And you had yesterday, uh, Matthew Guy, um, well, I should say Wednesday, um, as of recording this, um, on, on Wednesday, he um, went into state parliament for the first sitting of parliament for this current session, and he peppered a lot of questions at the health minister, uh, Minister Martin Foley, but he always avoided questioning um, Premier Daniel Andrews, which I, find, I found was an interesting tactic, and I think he realises 
the power, the political power and the political thought of Premier Daniel Andrews. And so he's trying to show his power without directly confronting the man himself, Daniel Andrews. So you touched on this a little bit before, uh, but there was some controversy a while back about a lobster dinner he had. Uh, so can you elaborate on that? Like what actually, exa- uh, what exactly happened there? Yeah, totally. Um, in terms of the um, lobster dinner in um, in 2017, the age revealed that uh, Mr. Uh, Matthew Guy dined on lobster and grange wine with the alleged boss of the Victorian Mafia, uh, Tony Mad- Madvieri. Um, and apparently um, a liberal insider had sought to use the dinner to extract donations from Mr. Madvieri and his relatives and try to funnel them into party coffers. Um, so all of this is still allegations. You know, we don't have any solid evidence of it, um, but it really put into sharp focus, um, you know, the, the machinery of politics and particularly political donations, you know. The lobster part was a very good headline grab, but, you know, it, it was the political donations and the shady way it was done. That was the particular concern. Um, and it's it's definitely worth noting that um, Mr. Madfieri is a property developer and he was, um, it was revealed that he was lobbying to allow some green wedge land in Keysborough in Melbourne. Um, to be opened up for development. And so, you know, that was the sort of um, idea behind the dinner, have Matthew Guy and Mr. Matt Fieri allegedly trying to lobby behind the scenes to rezone this land so that Mr. Matt Fieri could develop on it. Um, And I think that's, you know, this particular episode was a a highlight or, you know, an overview of Mr. Guy's overall planning minister tenure um, because he had always, um, I think the most controversial decision he made was the Fisherman's Bend planning decision. If you ask any urban planner, ask any urban planning expert, they, they were completely puzzled and completely taken aback by the fact that Fisherman's Bend which is about double the size of Melbourne CBD. Okay, that was originally industrial land, and it got rezoned by Matthew Guy to be capital city land, quote unquote. Which basically means everyone has free for all. You can build skyscrapers as tall as you want. You can build anything you want with very little limits. And for a planning minister, there was very little provision for transport, so you only had buses into the area. He did even plan a train station or a tram stop in the in the area. So if you imagine a CBD area without trains or trams, mm, bit problematic. Parks, mm, very little provision for parks. Schools, there was very little planning there as well. And so to let property de- let rip into the Fisherman's Bend area uh, without little planning, it's a bit ironic for um, Mr. Guy who was planning minister. Do you think he's a chance in the next state election? Um, it's, it depends on how you ask the question. Do I think that he's going to win the election? No. And that's not to do with the fact that I believe that um, the Liberal Party won't gain seats. They probably will gain seats because 
in 2018, which was the last state election, um, you know, the Liberal Party had a thumping. They lost quite a few seats, particularly in the east of Melbourne, um, which um, and the inner east, which is where the leafy green suburbs are, which are traditionally liberal state seats here in Melbourne. Um, so I'd expect um, that um, Matthew Guy, with his persona, he appeals towards the blue collar workers. So I reckon he'll get like more of the outer fringes, maybe the uh, outer eastern suburbs as well, back into Liberal Party hands um, because of his combative style and because he is um, openly critical of lockdowns in the perspective of shutting, sorry, opening up for business owners. So I reckon there is an electric, an electorate that, uh, that will be appealed that will, sorry, that will be attracted by that political rhetoric. The only issue is the inner, the inner city suburbs, they're, they're straddling the line between um, economically conservative, but socially progressive. We saw this um, in a couple of seats like the seat of Warringah, um, where Tony Abbott famously lost his seat. Um, and uh, Malcolm Turnbull's seat as well. Um, you know, we're starting to see some of these blue, um, blue chip electorates um, starting to turn a bit more socially progressive. And Michael O'Brien, despite the fact that he was a little bit boring in some um, backbenchers' own eyes, he had a political, he was a political, a policy man. He was a policy wonk. So his focus was all upon policy and he could really grab and, and you know, formulate the correct policies to attract those, you know, more well-educated voters. And so it'll be interesting to see whether or not Matthew Guy can gain that part of the little Liberal Party base as well. Because if he's appealing to his outer, you know, blue-collar worker electorate and he's not appealing to his traditional blue chip electorates in a inner city you know socially progressive but economically conservative then they're not going to have any chance of winning thanks for coming on to panorama this afternoon Viet. no worries thanks for having me and you know if you feel like a, a fresh face you know where to go